Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast. We're in the studio today for a little bit of a roundup of the year, mm. and we thought we'd like run through some of the best bikes we've ridden in 2023, give them a bit of a retrospective rating. I suppose sometimes after you've had a little bit of time to think about it, mm-hmm. potentially your opinion shifts a little bit. And True. you've also ridden other stuff afterwards that yeah. might make things feel a bit different or like where you'd advise people to spend their money. So yeah, maybe some slight changes in views on some of the bikes, mm-hmm. some personal highlights as well. And then we'll round off today with uh, three bikes, I think I said each. Yeah, you're in limited terms to of, three. Um, what we're looking forward to riding yeah, in 2024. I might, I might throw in some cheeky extras there just uh, Yeah, well, I saw your list. <laughs> it was like 10 bikes. <laughs> You just like riding bikes. Yeah, that's the secret. Full stop. Anyway, let's dive in. In January, nothing ever happens because it's too (laughs) cold and too wet. And so I just sit in the studio and make lists of new bikes for the new year. So we'll jump in at February. And this trip, we landed in Dubai. Mm. Uh, So United Arab Emirates. And then took a bus up to this unbelievable hotel. This was put on by Ducati. Mm. Um, that was right at the top of a sort of craggy mountain thing in the desert. And it had a winding road built up to the top, which I believe had been built by the guy who owned the land or the hotel, someone super like well off and had sort of built it to simulate or replicate what you kind of get in the Alps. So switchbacks, beautiful views. Mm. I've heard, I've heard tell of it. I've seen people there doing it i think it's meant to be like one of the best you know if you google yeah. best driving roads in the yeah. world it's well it's well known i think there's a few places and obviously they want to promote it as well so i've seen it in a few different places before you went over there but it was definitely one of those trips where you look at it and go that looks fun rob it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because look you're going to be getting your tiny violin out <laughs> <laughs> yeah go on see how bad i feel for you in this i got it's flown not- out to dubai yeah, went to Dubai. You know, it's a lot of travel that for for like well, a short fair, trip. Okay, yeah, fair enough. It was like long haul flight, sleeping mm-hmm. on the plane, then sitting okay. a, on on a transfer, quite a long transfer. You're getting a few notes out of this violin so far. Yeah, and then and then obviously like then you're just in a remote hotel for a few days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was nothing to do around no, it, that. so like it was fun and it was, but it it, it felt intensely like you know. It is work. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not really much tourism around Well, it. I didn't really know that so much before this year because this is the first year I went out as well. So I, I, I do get what you're saying. And yeah. There's a couple of your trips actually in, in the highlights of the year. So we'll yeah. come back to those definitely. Um, but, you know, I, I know do have saying. perspective that it, it is still pretty it's, fun. It's, it's not a holiday. It is work. And it is also nonstop. But you're just sort of, you're shuttled from place to place normally when you're doing it. Yeah. But then for the actual riding that we got... Which was you got like maybe uh, one run down and then back up the hill, mm. and then you'd switch to another group of journalists and you'd have a break. So it's almost like a track day, even yeah. though it is they they shut the road for us, but it mm. is a public road. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was effectively like a track day. It's like ride really fast, and yeah. this was cool as well. Like the fact that you could ride a road bike mm-hmm. on a public road, but it was shut, so there was no speed limit or anything that's really cool so you, you really could actually like test what it could and it's do. the kind well, of bike that really has got some legs on it yeah it's yeah. like a it feels more like the, the old 
V-Twin 1260 Diablos felt more like a cruiser that was done in a Ducati style. Mm -hmm. This feels like a Street Fighter V4 that's just longer. Yeah, because <laughs> I've, I've used that engine in the Panigale. We, yeah, yeah. That was my first uh, interaction with it. And I, I can't quite picture it, to be honest, in a cruiser format. It feels kind of... I mean, it's a slightly different tune because it's the Gran Turismo version that's also in the Multistrada V4. Sure. So longer service intervals because uh, it doesn't have the Desmo valves. Mm and a slightly more mid-rangey talky tune but like mm. in the so if you wrote it back to back with a Panigale you might be like oh this feels very practical and usable but versus any other bike it's like unbelievably <laughs> revy and powerful and, and quick yeah, yeah. so that was a super cool trip and um uh, the the riding it, it, it felt like a, a lot of travel and you know you were just kind of in the hotel and there was not really any variety in that regard mm. but it was all absolutely worth it because the bike is just so spectacular to ride and then we actually got chance to do good riding as well yeah it, it, yeah well that makes a big difference yeah because almost always like you'll find with a press trip the hotel is down near the sea somewhere mm. or like in a town or something yeah. and then maybe half an hour away there'll be some awesome roads you probably experienced this yes so you kind of exactly get on the bike that. and you do a bit of motorway or yeah town. you've got a slog to get there a little bit you get yeah, familiar yeah. with it and i guess like is it nice to cut that out i don't know at least it, i mean to literally jump out of the hotel and be like <laughs> right i'm on the track and just go straight out is pretty cool and i'm not like the best i mean you know all the other journalists that go and or, or sort of social media kind of people Mm. certainly the journalist uh, group, uh, you know, are mainly from racing backgrounds. So a lot of them, yeah. it, it wasn't like, oh, we'll just roll out and have an easy run. It was sure. competitive. It's difficult. It's, yeah, it's type. difficult, isn't it? I've always been comfortably towards the back end of the group, whatever it is uh, on the, well, whenever I've had the chance to go and do them. Yeah. It's, uh, and you just have to sort of not compete really totally. <laughs> you're never going to, you're, you're never, never going to win. Yeah. I mean, there is no winning. And even no. if there was, it wouldn't be me. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for I guess what I'm trying to get to here is the, it was a very pure, enjoyable experience. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it was sort of You're like, doing yourself a disservice on the violins at the moment. You're bringing it back to pure jealousy. Of, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Trip. No, it was like, um, yeah, it was, it was very much, uh, it's not your quick one or two hour flight down to Portugal or Spain. And then, you know, yeah. it, it was like, Felt like a lot of travel for a relatively brief amount of riding, but the riding was like cordial of riding. Okay, <laughs> it oh, had been like condensed, condensed yeah, to yeah, the yeah. pure it was a flavor. <laughs> yeah, it had been reduced in the pan, <laughs> yeah. so that there was no trailing around yeah, on the motorway yeah. or whatever. It was just literally yeah. straight out the. They do it well. I mean, Ducati obviously do it well. And it's it's all about the context, right? Because they want you to be absolutely buzzing. They want you to have the best experience because then you're going to... You're going to be in a more positive though. mood to, to really sort of like sell the bike. And that's really, you know, they want you there to show off the bike. They want to show off their new release. Mm. And they obviously want their journos in the best mood. So they're, they it sounds like they put on for that. Having said that though, so for your um, experience to sort of reflect on it now for it to have matured in your head a little bit do you still feel as excited with all the other bikes that you've ridden since then and everything else uh i think it's pretty awesome and so it still sits as, as a big memory in you yeah yeah okay yeah good 
That one. It looks like that kind of bike. I mean, the only bike that I would say is comparable in terms of, um, it's not comparable in terms of performance, but in terms of like being a statement and imposing yeah. and very, how would you say like The design of it is very emotive, isn't it? Like it's a yeah. bike that's got like- It makes you feel something about it. Yeah, you're like, wow. Like you, yeah. we were talking about the tail like earlier and how yeah, it's yeah. got like a sort of- um, They said Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah they, they were saying like, I think the old one, people likened it to like Batman's bike. And he was like, mm. and the, speaking to the design team that worked on it and they were sort of like- because oh, you did the event Yeah, the exactly. And yeah. the thing that he said was, I love the fact that someone came to him, like they messaged him mm. uh, being like, this is like Spider-Man's bike. And he's like, you know, I love that the people were selling it to are finding things in our design that yeah. maybe even we didn't see so yeah the tail out on that is really nice looking but hard to clean i'm sure but very nice yeah looking. yeah exactly um <laughs> but um yeah there's nothing really been uh, released since then that competes with it yeah there's nothing that competes with it anyway probably but I, I can't think of anything in its class. It's not, it's, it maybe, stands maybe alone, the, doesn't it? The, the rocket is so much heavier and bigger that you wouldn't say, you oh, wouldn't yeah, take actually, on a handling. Fair, so yeah, I can think of one thing close, I suppose. But that hasn't been updated or anything. So, in, and I haven't ridden no. one recently. So, but yeah, you you wouldn't probably take that bike on like a handling course. No, Do you it know handles I mean? better than it should. Yes. But it doesn't, I'm assuming it doesn't handle as Not well like as a Diablo, Diablo, no. Um, I got a lot of questions in the comments saying, how does it feel in terms of comfort? And I suppose that's the one thing. You might buy a Diablo V4 if you've got plenty of cash mm. and you really like the Ducati brand and the excitingness of it and all that sort of thing. But mm. maybe a Street Fighter V4 is just not that comfy for you. Mm -hmm. And I've ridden it like earlier this year, the Street Fighter V4. And mm -hmm. even though it is a naked, it's still quite like sporty. And so yeah, I get that. Uh, and what we didn't get to test because we literally did these 20 minute runs was just like, all right, if I went out on a Sunday for four hours in the summer or longer, you know, yeah. how does it feel mm. after some time in the saddle? Because I believe the previous gen was a little bit firm and, you know, okay. the seat's quite, quite, yeah, quite yeah. firm. So couldn't really answer that question. But what an experience, I think is my summary. Gosh, that was a long way of saying. <laughs> I started with the tiny violins, but in the end... <laughs> It was excellent, and it was yeah. uh, motorcycle riding cordial. Um, similarly, well, similarly in terms of the brand, the next mm. bike I wanted to touch on, and this was filmed shortly after, 10 days later, uh, I went up to Ducati's headquarters in the UK, let's yeah. say, at Silverstone, which yeah. we've both been to. There's a little bit more of you yeah, yeah. there later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to test out the new Ducati Monster SP mm. and... In a February riding scenario, you couldn't have more contrast between being on a mountain in the desert yeah. <laughs> and it was like 35 degrees to yeah. Silverstone. Instantly bring you back to ground, yeah. Oh, it was tough. And it, yeah. it kind of made me realize why they do these events. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. look at it and say, well, obviously being flown out there and staying in a hotel, you're going to be slightly biased towards the bike or whatever. Mm. But fact of the matter is to test a Monster SP on the road in the UK in February and actually have something of worth to say about it is quite difficult. Yeah. It was cold. Yeah. It was greasy. Yeah. It was like residual salt on the road you could see mm. it in some of the photos we got back and video you can see it on the tires you know yeah it probably gets baked onto the engine a little bit as well right uh, yeah, yeah it doesn't look great on the bike no. and you're you're cold by the end of the day you know yeah. normally you ride all day and then mm -hmm. film something or, or yes. film at lunchtime yes 
by the time I'd finished, I was just like, oh, yeah, just it doesn't really matter how you prepare or what you wear for it. It's, yeah, you get chilly women. It's a cool bike. If you're trying to focus, I think the reason that sort of feels harder is because if you were just out riding, you just, you know stopped over and got a coffee, or whatever. Yeah, you just got to enjoy or focus on the riding and you know enjoying that rather than if you then have to sort of say something about the bike and record it and do everything else, mm. you start to really notice that you're cold and tired. Yeah, it's so, when yeah. you stop, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, which is such a weird thing, isn't it? Like the wind chill, you would think would be the coldest thing, but yeah. standing still by the side of a road with a camera pointing at you. <laughs> and you're trying to think of something to say. <laughs> That's when you're like, man, I'm cold. Yeah, um, sure. uh, it's, have you ridden the, the sort of this most recent iteration of the monster? No, I rode, I think I'm right in saying I rode the just previous gen to that. 1200 um, or like a 696? 1200. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I've, I mean, I've ridden a few. I've got a decent kind of span of monsters that I've tried. Didn't you dad have one recently? Still got. He's, um, so he Is has, that the S2R? Yeah, so he's got a Monster 750 um, way back. And then my brother bought a Monster S2R, which is now my dad's, um, which is one of my favorite bikes to ride. It's such a fun little thing. I mean, it feels so manageable. It's an absolute hoot. We what took capacity it to the is that, the nine? Or? 800, actually. So they okay. do they do a 1,000 um, and they do a, an 800. Mm. And it's the S2R because that's air-cooled, not liquid-cooled. The liquid-cooled one was the S4R. Okay. And then they started to go into the uh, more modern ones that you see now. But, yeah, the S2R is one of my favorite bikes to ride. We took it to the Isle of Man, mm. uh, me, my dad, and my uh, brother. And, yeah, we all got to sort of play between different bikes. They're quite short, so they struggled in the Africa Twin. But I... Right. I was fighting them for the keys in the monster because it was so I'll fun. Bet, mate. I'll to ride. I love bet. it. Anytime I get to go back to it, I love it. So I, I love monsters and I'm, I'm glad to hear that that one sounds, uh, well, like a further refinement really because it looks very different from all the previous ones. People don't like so the So the worry is that they've thrown a lot of the, I guess, the feeling of it out and it doesn't sound like they have. Yeah, the lack of trellis frame is what upset a lot of people. Yeah. And it looks kind <laughs> of... Also, the, the covers on the engines and stuff, uh, yeah, like the yeah, cylinder yeah. heads and stuff, they look very modern and less mechanical. It loses its kind of, it loses the the thing that made it different from the other bikes in its class. In terms yeah. of visually, the thing that made it different. So, for, and it's probably quite a rude comparison, but it looks somewhat similar to like a Suzuki Gladius or something like, something not as exciting as that. Having said that, seeing it in the flesh, as we always say with any bike, and I'll say it again in this uh, recording, I'm sure, but... They always look better in the flesh. So I saw yeah. that when I went to Ducati. I forget what I think I was picking up the um, Scrambler, and um, I actually really liked the look of it. I love the fact they got the indicators in the frame. In That's the frame, a really cool yeah. little thing. Ducati doing that sort of thing a lot nowadays, even with the Multistradas or you know Panigales and Street mm. Fighters. I think they're always trying to in integrate those. Um, yeah, it does look very nice, and the SP version just with the. Terminioni exhaust and the yeah. Uh, the, I think the paint job they say is a little bit MotoGP inspired with the okay. different shades of red. Um, it all works pretty nicely. It's a it's a good looking bike, but I do know what you mean. If you look too much, you can start to see a bit of Gladius <laughs> or something. I think yeah, there are probably much better comparisons, but that I think was one of the first things I thought of. This right now we're just we've got it on screen and uh, I've just pulled up a picture of the seven nine seven yeah, so yeah, yeah. kind of fairly recent trellis frame man it just looks a bit more purposeful yeah. and like 
mechanical. Raw, a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's maybe what was... Like, it's got its bone structure on show. Yes. And, it's, and, obviously, in that particular one, it's the white version, so it's a white tank, white body panels, but red frame. Yeah. It just, it gives it something extra. Ah. They're not going to go back to it, so it's... No, they won't. And, and, and the rationale is, is, is you know... Completely sound. Yeah, like the KTM 890 or whatever was a good 10 or 20 kilos lighter than this. And that's mm. one of the ways that they made the new monster so much lighter and more competitive with bikes like that mm. is, um, you know, the frame and, and the way that uh, they've built that out of aluminium now. And there was sure. other changes across the bike that affected the visuals like that. Mm. So yeah, it, it makes sense why they've done all that stuff. Um, but I think when you do look back at the something like that, you, you can yeah. see why it, maybe like the, it doesn't look quite as good anymore. The angry kind of muscular tank on it as well. Yeah. It just... It just looks a bit. But to personal. ride, it was interesting, right? The SP version is the one that gets the Olin suspension, the mm -hmm. top-notch Brembo brakes, and yeah, you get yeah. the. I don't know if you get that science or a standard, but you get the uh, paint job as well. Um, but they've slightly. We'll talk about the street triple. Sorry, struggle to get that out. Then <laughs> um, there's the R and RS version, and one of the mm -hmm. key differences between them is a spacer on the rear shock that lifts the rear end, and that actually has an, an effect on almost all of the geometry of the bike. Yeah, it's going to sure. change the steering angle. It's yeah, going to change yeah. the seat height and the riding position. It's the same with mm. the Monster SP and the base Monster. So you've got a longer shock and it lifts the seat height mm -hmm. and it makes it more on its nose. The weight's a bit more over the front. You feel yeah. as you're riding it, you're more over the front uh, and it's more twitchy and quick turning. Mm. Uh, and it's just crazy how much of a difference that makes in terms of the character of the bike. Mm -hmm. And because of the conditions, I just felt felt like I couldn't really get into it, this bike. Of course. I can see that all the components are there for an excellent motorcycle. Um, the engine's great and it's proven and they use it in the Multistrada V2 and the um, Desert X and the Hyper mm. Motard and the Supersport 950. So we know it's good and, yeah. it, and it felt good as well, but you couldn't really properly lay it well, down. How could you? Yeah, exactly. You know that yeah. the components are all good. You know that Ducati aren't going to kind of mess up the handling massively either, yeah, given sure. that they're using the, the great stuff and, and obviously their, their pedigree in terms of designing bikes that work in, in that way. Yeah. But it, it just was the conditions. And, and that's why it, this was one of the instances where it really hit home that it is important for manufacturers to be able to guarantee the right conditions to get the full impression of the bike. 100%. And what was interesting is they had the previous gen, not the previous gen, the standard monster, which was announced the year before as a support bike. So the PR um, team that were with us, one of them was riding that bike to help us with where, to know where to stop for photos and things like that. Sure. And they didn't want us to focus on that bike because the whole event was geared around making sure that this bike got coverage and that's what we're talking about. Yeah. But I did ask for a little go on the standard monster while yeah. we were waiting at the photo stops. Mm. And the way that it was sat down and it was easy to get your feet down, but also just the way it handled yeah. just felt so much more right for the conditions. And I was going faster. Yeah, fair enough. Despite the simpler components, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was softer in the suspension as well. Yeah. It just felt like it was sticking to the road so, more. Have you ridden the older monsters? No. Nah. Like yeah, so that's that's exactly it with the S2R, right? And my dad um, says that it's gotten him and my brother out of a few scrapes in terms of the fact that it's so forgiving because right. the performance isn't on a knife edge. Right. But if the performance is ever on a knife edge and it's really sporty and you, you, know, you can admire what that bike can do, but if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong quick. 
Yeah. And it's going to give you no kind of warning to bring it back. Whereas sometimes if there's like a comfortable um, amount of cushion, I suppose, in its performance, you can retain some of it. And it, it, that always makes me feel more confident. And that's one of the things I love about it. That's why I like the older ones. Yeah. As much as I can be impressed by this. And if you're going to, going to go on a track, this is the obvious choice. But if Day you're going to go on the road in yeah. February, <laughs> on a greasy well, road in February. I guess like my background isn't, you know, years and years and years of um, racing from like junior level and all yeah. that kind of thing or motocross where you probably, you know, all those disciplines, you're mm. probably getting very familiar quite quickly with different suspension settings. And yeah. the it, because they only had a couple of bikes, they did it over a week and it was like two journalists a day. And mm. I was there with Nevesy from MCN. So mm-hmm. extremely okay. experienced. Yeah, yeah. Very we were talking about this fact and he was like, to be honest, if you were road racing, let's say, yeah. and it was not a great day, it was a bit wet. Mm. He's like, that's sort of what you would do to make the bike easier to ride quickly would be soften it up maybe and, and yeah, drop yeah, it in yeah. the rear. Yeah. Uh, and so he's like, it makes sense that you kind yeah. of feel like that. Nice to have someone to ex- <laughs> explain stuff to you. Yeah, well, it's good because then you go, that's what I felt. Yeah. But I'm glad I've spoken to someone who really does know. Yes. I don't know. I could just be talking absolute bollocks. It was interesting <laughs> because it's, the, like I say, it's the same with the street triple um, RNRS. They have like 20 mil difference in terms of the shock. I think it, it really got me into, like if a bike doesn't, a press bike doesn't feel right straight away, just starting to like get more into like changing preload or something mm. to see if you can get it to sit a little bit yeah. or, and then starting to play with damping and, and, and then reading more about that. So, it, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. I think something that's probably actually really important for reviews or is it like, do people do that? That's the question, I suppose. I think the majority probably not. Yeah. I think most people leave it where it's middled yeah. out or whatever. So I do obviously test bikes in that way. But yeah, more so now I'd be tweaking and making sure mm. that I'm like, okay, actually I found a, a setting that I really mm-hmm. liked. Um, but anyway, cool bike. It's just, I'd probably like to have another go on it in the summer this year. I'd um, imagine your experience would be very different in different conditions for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Now onto a bike I really, 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 really <laughs> liked. Wow. Honestly. <laughs> okay. I just had a coffee. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's probably why I, I got yeah, stuck on loop. excited about that one. Um, <laughs> I was going to hit you to move you on. <laughs> the Aprilia RS660, which wasn't really yeah. a 2023 bike, but quite frankly, they were very, very hard to get hold of. Yes. Number one, because I don't necessarily have such a good direct line to the press team there. Sure. Although that's improved this year. Yeah. Um, but also like if I wanted to take one from a dealer, we work with Fowlers in Bristol. They stock mm. Aprilias. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they were just selling out. It was yeah, really hard yeah. to get hold of an Aprilia RS660. For anyone not familiar, it's a parallel twin sports bike. It's got all the looks of an RSV4 or something. Sure. But in a very tempting package that's like, I mean, I think the RRP is 10 and a half grand, but you can mm. always get a discount at an Aprilia dealer. They're always like mm. nine and a half or nine mm-hmm. for a brand new one. Mm-hmm. This was from a super bike factory at Donington. Uh, they had one in stock and I was like, yes, I've been waiting to get hold of one of these. This is going to be um, awesome. And so I borrowed that one. I think that was sub nine grand and it had like a few thousand miles on it. What a phenomenal bike for that amount of money. If you want a sports yeah, yeah. bike for the road. I think the crucial thing about this bike that makes it so good is that it isn't watered down in the way that a Ninja 650 is. It's not stripped back in terms of electronics. Mm. It's not 
placid in terms of the engine. It's a lively, mm. fun engine. It's got the cockpit feels like um, a you know a racy sports bike. It's got all the settings and you know it's got the pizzazz it needs as well, like the hardware, the braking, the suspension. It's not mm-hmm. it's not top level, but it's no. good. But it's got yeah enough trinkets to so, make you stop a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, it feels like a, it feels like a proper sports bike. Looks but, it. The riding position is, for me, probably the most comfortable sports yeah. bike I've ridden. Because it's got the slight raise to the bars as well. They, I mean, they're, they're kind of clip-ons, but not. Like, it's, it's got that kind of feel. With, um, like, a, a Ninja 650, that has that as well. But mm. the bum is far forward as well. And right. so, right. I just felt like I couldn't get into it. Okay. You can't, so, that one, you, you would lean slightly further back so you can hug in a bit tighter. Is that what you're saying? You can't. On the Ninja? Oh, no, I mean on this one. Oh, right. So the seat is a little bit further back from the bar so you can lean down a little bit more. Is that what you're saying? Whereas I felt the, like there was... Is the Ninja your setup? I don't know. There was just something that was right about it. And I think perhaps it's the ability to scooch your butt further back. The seat's mm. higher as well, even mm-hmm. though the bars are higher. Yeah. Um, but it was like with the Ninja 650, if you're... The bars are up and back. Mm. So if you just want to sit and ride like a naked bike, you're upright. Right. If you want to tuck forward... Yeah then the bars become very close to you. Yeah, and yeah. And so then you're like, so well, I'll move my bum back yeah. to make more room to get down. Yeah. But there's a step in the seat, of course. Yeah. And you you're, you can't get any further back. So yeah, you yeah. end up like tucked Visually, in like that. Visually, this is great. If there's ever a reason to watch the podcast rather than listen On to YouTube it. On YouTube rather yeah, than, yeah. yeah. Have a little look at the position. Well, <laughs> whereas this bike, I, I don't know, it... it, it it didn't feel like all my weight was on my wrist. It didn't feel it. uncomfortable. But then when you go a bit quicker, I didn't feel squashed either. They just nailed it. So Yeah, ergonomics are a big thing. Do you know what? And also, like, fascinatingly difficult. Yeah, good frame to stop on. That explains it. But, um, like, you know, there's no one size fits all. We're all different shapes and sizes. To make something that does fit as many people as possible. Yeah, is incredibly hard to do. So it's always impressive if they can do it. The rider triangle, which is the relationship between the pegs, the bars and the seat sure. makes a triangle. Mm-hmm. And the shape of that triangle gives you some idea of what it's going to be like to to ride. So mm. the gap between the bars and seat is obviously going to, and the, and the height is going to relate to how upright you're sat yeah, or I've how seen this low and laid out you are. The gap between the seat and the pegs is going to give you an idea of leg room. Yeah. I've never really thought that much about the relationship between the bars and the pegs. Mm. Um, I, mm. I, I kind of think you, you're mainly pivoting around the seat. That's, yeah. that's pretty much the pivot point. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What they're showing here from the Aprilia press materials is that a super sport would be flatter and you would be more stretched out and low. A mm. real sports touring bike, I don't think they have one in their lineup, but they're probably thinking of something like the Kawasaki Ninja 1000 yeah, SX yeah, yeah. or something, yeah. would be more sat up and mm-hmm. canted back. Mm. And essentially what they've done with this bike is just made it halfway between the two. I'd love to see the Africa Twin or like some adventure bike. It'd just be a rectangle. It looks straight <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i've never seen that before I, I like that that does kind of explain it to me especially the super sport the the line that obviously you would be taking with your body there is uh, flat yeah it's interesting to see that i mean you know because you know how that feels but to actually see it visually represented is quite interesting thanks um, mate i mean that was a pure coincidence that popped up on yeah, screen but perfect timing but uh i get what you mean i get what you're saying i'd like to try it it's a bike that i'm interested to uh yeah, I would experience. wholeheartedly recommend it. I know, and I've heard that from a lot of people, which is why I'm just as a to sample it. I, w- I would say like it's so comfortable that the Tuono version, which has the flat bars, yeah. doesn't even 
seem that relevant to me because yeah. I'll be happy riding that and it looks better. Mm. Um, but I still want to try the Tuono. Out of all the bikes that I rode last year, given that this was early doors as well, what are we talking here? Still in February. <laughs> Uh, I haven't ridden many bikes that got me as excited as that just because of the price and, mm -hmm. and how much fun and it's road specific and you can use a lot of that. It's about hundred horsepower. You can yeah. still use a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And if I didn't have a, like a constant rolling stock of, um, press bikes again, mm. whip out your violin. <laughs> um, I've got it, them on standby for anything you say. <laughs> yeah. This would be up there with something I'd consider buying. Yeah. If I wanted, I get that. Something that was fun, looked cool. I mean, mm. this is, uh, I'm saying if I wanted something that, like, doesn't everybody want these things? Fun, yeah. looks cool. Yeah. Not crazy expensive. Yeah. Not crazy expensive to insure probably mm -hmm. versus the V4 version. Sure. It ticks all the boxes for me. Loved it. I have to say, same for me. And that's why I'm very interested. Yeah, it's trial. Mate, we'll have to make that happen this year. Mm. We'll, 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 like to get you on stuff, I'm always like, what sort of two bike test can we? R7, that and an R7 is a good test. Yeah, I mean, any day I'd pick the uh, Aprilia. Cool. I've already concluded. Yeah, there but you maybe, go. <laughs> maybe um, Tuono versus RS660. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah. is it actually relevant? Yeah, the, the Tuono. Moving on though, we've got the. Uh, Street Triple that I talked about. This was um, Hareth. That's how you pronounce it. Sure. Uh, on the track for the first day on the Street Triple RS. And then Street Triple R on the road the next day. And again, a lot of people said on the road, we got to ride just the RS on the on the track. Mm -hmm. On the road, we, we rode the R model, which is slightly more affordable, slightly more chilled out in the yes. geometry, lower seat, mm -hmm. lower spec components. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we could ride it back to back on the road with the RS and we were swapping between. It was a yeah. long day on the road, so there's yeah. plenty of time. A lot of people came away saying they actually would buy the R yeah. on the road. And I was, was going to ask, yeah. It's it's an interesting one, that. Because like, I think with the older Street Triples, I had a 2010 and there was the R and there was the standard version. And the only real difference was like, I don't even know if the suspension was much different, but the brakes were different. That was like the biggest thing. Yeah. So actually it made less of it. They were less sort of like, uh, specific at all, if that makes sense. They were mm. more sort of broadly applicable. Whereas, yeah, with this, it, it's quite good that they're going, you know, this is the RS. And if you want to show off and go, I've got the highest spec version and some people are going to want to do that, then fair enough. But honestly, in all honesty, you would be faster on the road on the on the R, right? The lower spec one, the cheaper one. Mm. It's pretty punchy as well so now. So buy the so. tool for what you're going to do, really. If you're going to go on the track a lot, yeah, go for the RS, but... It's 130 PS now, the um, RS, and the, I think the R is still 120, so pretty much 120 horsepower. Yeah. So like, although there's that extra bit at the top when you've mm. really got it revving, mm. still for the R, it's a yeah. lot of power and probably enough for the, you know, if you majority rode and then on the track, yeah, exactly. um, occasionally, then the R's still probably up to the job as well. Yeah, yeah. Really loved it. Brilliant trip. I just checked the date on this, 27th of February. Like I could not believe... It's a busy month, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, not in the UK. So you, you know, you're on proper. That was that was an warm, excellent, nice road, excellent yeah. trip. Um, mm. uh, to ride, I, I don't have the skill to do it justice on uh, a track like Jerez. So mm. my um, 
review really just focused on you know what it's like as a road bike as well and yeah. um and also I, I did a comparison of the r and rs right there at, at the event because we had two days so shot two videos but even so like the experience of riding around that track with nobody else on it basically there's a handful yeah and just seeing some of the iconic sort of sites there um you know the control towers like kind of over the track yeah yeah absolutely brilliant mm. and and um and a brilliant bike as well it, it's sort of just like a little bit more of what already made it so good yeah you know and mm. i think the only thing is like something like the ktm which is now the 990 got updated it used to be the 890 that was very close competitor for this yeah at eichmann we saw the 990 version that might be something that gives this a new context you know if that bike's phenomenal yeah uh, the only thing I will say is like the 890 Duke R was similar on price to the Street Triple RS. Yes. Um, which I think is around the 11 and a half thousand pound mark. And now the new 990 Duke is just shy of 13 grand. So it's mm. almost taken such a step up that the new ktm that it might actually start making it look like a different price category and it makes this look it may if it's effectively the same bike is what i'm saying the 990 yeah. duke mm. as the 890 just with slight tweaks but this big price jump mm. it could retrospectively make this look very good in terms of value for money sure. and, and um and what it can do yeah phenomenal love that bike what's next oh transalp Let's have a look. What date was this? 12th of March. So I've got a couple of weeks break there. There we go, yeah. Yeah, I probably did something else in the UK. But these are just yeah. the ones that stood out to me as experiences. Again, I'm not sure we've managed to get you out on a Horner or Transalp yet, have we? Nope. But you're an Africa twin, man. So does yep. this appeal to you at all? A slightly smaller version? Yeah, I love the look of it. Yeah, I think um, it's good. Because the only other, I guess the smaller adventure bike they had was the CB500, right? Yes, and it was they're not they're not comparable. So having something in the middle ground, a huge step, isn't it, from a yeah. six a huge six yeah, seven yeah. grand CB five hundred up yes. to a thirteen thousand pound starting price. Yes, the, this sits right in the middle. I think it's and nine, the Africa nine twin, and a half. You know, the Africa Twin will go off road. It will actually do its job like really mm. well. Whereas the CB five hundred. Um, from the stuff that I've heard about it, you don't want to take that thing off, right? It's, it's not really made for it. It's probably... It's probably as good as, say, a Ducati Scrambler, or, you know, like a yeah, Scrambler bike. You could, but yeah. And I think you can get rally raid kits for them. Um, and Actually, like yeah, that. no, I have seen some kits that are quite good, but, then, but like the, the sort of the normal version, the standard version, you're just not. Whereas that is the middle ground, and that I'm, I'm sure will feel absolutely fine off-road if you're going to go and do... It does the job. We did yeah. some light off-roading. Mm -hmm. it, it's not as good as the Africa Twin, of course. But yeah, it's right in that sweet spot. But and it's also, lighter and smaller. If you bought a CB500, which is now called the NX500 for next year. Okay. Um, and, put, and put like a few grand into like rallyfying it. Mm -hmm. You may as well spend that money. Well, here. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. the, the key thing is that, you know, you're going to get way more power. It's like 90 horses. Yeah. Uh, same engine as the Hornet. And it's such a good engine. Yeah. Really, really good. It, it yeah. revs really nicely. Yeah. Um, but the key thing for me is you get the 270 crank, so it has a nice sound. Whereas with the 180 crank in the CB500 slash NX500, it just never stirs the soul in the yeah, same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, we were talking about this last night as well. How is it for people who are a little bit shorter in leg compared mm, to an Africa Twin? Is that a oh, better choice? It's much easier to get Good. on with than yeah. an Africa Because that's twin. another thing is I, I'm surprised by it. Not surprised by it. I get it. It's a big bike and it could be intimidating. It's a lot of weight if it start, does start to sort of rock over. But the uh, having something a bit more manageable, I think that could get 
other people, you know, it expands um, who might be the, the audience for that type of bike, doesn't it? Yeah, it's more accessible in terms yeah. of price and stature. For the hobbits out there. Yeah, <laughs> adventure hobbits. I wish hobbits. my dad is one. <laughs> All right. Um, this is one bike there. I've just paused it on, on the screen here at the uh, Suzuki V-Strom 800DE, which was announced pretty much exactly the same time. So um, Ike Malassier. Bikes and press launches happened. Uh, press bikes came in and, and the launches happened sort of beginning of the year. And, and I went out on the Transalp trip Loved it. Thought it was really actually very good. Like mm -hmm. looks wise, maybe the, the headlight and stuff could have been a bit more daring. But mm. if you just look at what you're getting for the money and the way it handles mm -hmm. the engine, really, really good. Uh, but this competitor was always in the background and it took me a long time to actually get on one of these. I think it was uh, maybe September, October by the time I rode one. And looking at the spec sheet, you might think, well, just get the, the trans out because it's lighter, I think, by about 20 kilos mm -hmm. and it's... Uh, about 10 horsepower more powerful. And so a lot yeah. of the facts and figures like that on first glances look yeah. like that Honda had a big advantage. But mm. I would say, having ridden this now, the engine is better than that suggests. It's it's more torquey, I think, and has mm. it's really balanced. So it's like very mm. smooth and mm -hmm. the throttle delivery is really smooth and just perfectly done. And it's really pleasant to ride and maybe a little bit more off-road focused. I think it might sit taller. Right. It's sort of a bike I really liked because, weirdly, it's the closest thing I've ridden for a while to my Tiger 800 XCA. Mm. Okay. Even though it's a twin and that's a triple, Yeah. it's so smooth, but it's still got that big adventure bike feel. The proportions look somewhat similar as well. I get yeah. Mm. I'd recently ridden my Tiger a lot. Mm -hmm. Jumped on this and I was like, this feels extremely familiar similar yeah. seat height similar cockpit size yeah uh both 800s yeah. both very smooth which is makes them nice on the road but yes. of course you've got the big 21 inch front long suspension has similar handling characteristics that aren't necessarily brilliant for the road but a versatile bike right. good comfort levels it does get a small windscreen and we've seen that the new re version which we checked out at motorcycle live has a much bigger windscreen right um so uh, maybe wind protection isn't that good, but mm -hmm. it does change the context for the Transalp. I think this makes me think yeah. you have to ride both and choose the one that you prefer. It's not a hard sure. recommend for either. And if you'd like highlighter yellow. <laughs> do you? And you've only really got one choice, haven't you? You've got to go for the Suzuki. What do you think I, of I'm going to leave that on the table. I don't want to... <laughs> no, I'll tell you, I hate it. Really? Uh, no, it, it's... No, actually, I don't know if I do hate it. I was just being stupid. Uh, it's not what I'd buy. You buy the I, one. I do quite like, I mean, there is something to be said. I do quite like if a brand takes a really sort of bold stance in terms of design, then it's, it has to be. There is a black so. one. And I think maybe another color option for that. Um, but Get it wrapped. The Transalp does wrap. look rather tempting with the gold rims, red, white, and blue. Yeah. I've seen some really nice designs and sort of styles on that. Um, yeah. It's a tough one. I agree. I think you would have to try both of them. You really, really would. And just see which one's either better value for you or which one you prefer the style of. But I think either way, you'd be happy. Now, moving on, we will get to some Tim-based action soon. Um, <laughs> but this was another trip on the BMW R1250R and RS, which got a mild update for that uh, 2023 model year. Mm. And then we also had a day on the track riding the S1000RR. Can we say about was this? Was there also well, an option to go around with like, was it Hickman <laughs> that was there? Was it when right? I don't know whether I sort of like misinterpreted this. I wanted to know whether it was like go around with him, as in like sit on the back and he'll take you around, or go around and follow him. What was the um, option? Did you have to hug him? So, 
Because <laughs> you said that to me. I was like, hell yeah, I do that. <laughs> you imagine? Um, I mean, quickly on the bikes, the, the R&RS R on the road are actually really quite pleasant. Um, right. That's all I got to say about them, really. Yeah. You either, oh, really? No, like if you, if you, if calculus you, or well, if you if you want a GS, but you 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 just like it's way too tall and big. Have a look at those, you know, because sure. they obviously give you the same engine character, the yes, same electronics yeah. package, mm. or a lot of it. They've always kind of appealed to me. To be honest, I looked for a while an R twelve hundred. The boxer just it. doesn't give me like any sort of like stirrings though. Yeah, it's just like bah, bah, yeah, yeah, bah, yeah, through the gears. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Other the noise and stuff. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't really do anything for me. Having said that, when I owned, when I owned, when I borrowed the R ninety for a, a longer loan, um, gotta say, man, like that bike grew on me a lot. Well, the R ninety has a bit more of that air. The cool. whole package works really well. Yeah, whereas that is a, you know, it's the liquid cool. Like, sure. And, Some and people really like modern. a smooth bike though. Some people love just a bike doing stuff. Totally you know understand I mean, that. But... Respect that wholeheartedly. But yeah, I didn't. I just didn't come away from those feeling like I get why they sell and I get why you might buy one. Mm. Um, and certainly that kind of like if you if you like the idea of a GS, but it just like it's too tall and yes. I don't I don't do any off roading. Yeah, the RS is actually quite a good option. Yeah, it's quite comfy. Yeah, and then the R. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like a naked bike that is quite refined. I suppose it's not got the bonkers mm -hmm. kind of Super Duke or S thousand R. Attitude. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the day on the track, we got to ride the S1000RR. It was actually the dealer event. So they invite a few people from their dealers around the UK out yeah. there to get familiar with the new bikes for the new model year so that when they're selling them to customers, they can give them proper advice. You know, I've ridden it on track and actually yep. you want to get this pack or okay. like for your particular taste or yeah. use case. Uh, and so they invited a few social media people. Oh, I wish I had a better word for that because it's not, influencers people's fine social we media all, people's long yeah, there in it we know what you mean they did a separate press launch for real journalists and then for people who just do <laughs> youtube and instagram they, yeah, they, yeah. they invited us out later and so we were sort of mixed in with them um, with the the guys from the dealers in these track sessions mm. they were also testing that f900r cut bike while we were there so that mm. was tearing around but basically it was the s1000rr mm -hmm. and and you would just go out do a few laps mm -hmm. come back in and then mingle in the in the sort of um, pit lane for a bit, and then yeah. uh, and each time you went out, there'd be a different famous okay. <laughs> rider leading each group. Okay, and I think there was so we we did get to follow some, but they were riding at ten percent of what they're possible. Of course, they like were. maybe less. And while everyone's Otherwise, just, you wouldn't see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can go out and ride with this person. You're so like, I think they've gone. I think one of our sessions was led by Peter Hickman. I see. So it was led. So you could have gone out on the route that was led by him, or the you know the the session that was led the by session. Him. I did that. I'm pretty sure I did that. But I was right. just like flailing around, you know, behind, and a couple of people were keeping up with him, so, him while he's like looking back, <laughs> checking, and people like tucked in, probably checking his phone as he's yeah, yeah, yeah. honest. So untaxed by the experience, I'm sure. But then there was the option to ride the cup bikes and there was the okay. option to, um, I think, have a one-on-one -on -one session where you followed him right. and he would give you tips. Okay. Okay. And there was the option. They had a, uh, an S1000XR, you know, the Sports Tourer? Okay. Same, similar engine to this, yes. just detuned, but yeah. um, like quite upright, tall. And you could go out on the back with some of on the... On the back, that's cool. Some though. of the other... Um, 
there's some of the older sort of racers. I don't. Okay. Mate, I'm not massively into it, so I don't know all. The... No, no. To be fair, I I I only know a cursory amount. It's uh, yeah. But I, I said no because I spent all morning doing sessions. Are you working, to be honest? And then it? I was like, yeah, well, I have to no, get a completely. video no, I get that. to pay for the trip. Completely but... <laughs> get it. <laughs> but there completely was a, a couple of people were like, you're not going to go out for another session with this famous person or that yeah, famous yeah, yeah. person. And I was like, well, I need to go and film a video. So I moved the bike down the pit lane yeah. and spent two, three hours shooting a little bit of impressions about what it's like to ride as somebody who's relatively unskilled. Like, is it worth buying an S1000RR for a track day or yeah. for riding on the road if you're yeah. an average rider? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say like on the road, I'm super slow, but just... You're really not. I mean, like, I, you know, I, I ride with quite a few different people and uh, I think you give yourself a harder time than you need to. Or like, but, I don't know whether you need to sort of... But because of what I do, like, I'm going on off-road days... Man like track days and that's where you well that's the thing is another step. yeah to be fair you, you it's not a, com a fair comparison because you're against like you say x races and and yeah. journalists and stuff like that and also if you take in your skill factor of being able to just jump from different bike to different bike and feel comfortable on it really quickly in a variety of different scenarios you've got a really broad span Thanks, of mate. riding experience and skill thank you yeah you're that welcome. makes me feel a lot better. Big yourself out more. But look, <laughs> look, I told you we get hey, on some Tim-centric stuff. That bike looks familiar. So this is KTM uh, recently started working with CF Moto. So yeah. CF Moto are building some of their bikes out in China, I think, like the um, 790 Duke, 790 Adventure. Yeah. Uh, but also, like now, KTM are a little bit more involved with press events and stuff for CF Moto in the UK. Yeah. So it's Dom. So this was, a, yeah, an that, invite yeah. out to, um, where was this? Spain. Spain. Yeah. It, to try um, out some of the new bikes, right? Like the 700s and... Yes, all of them. They brought so many toys that all of us that were on the shoot were kind of like, you brought too much. <laughs> yeah. We can't, I can't focus what on... What am all, I meant yeah, to... I can't make 15 different videos. So, uh, and there weren't... I don't think it was even even dealers um, where it would make more sense, right? Because if you're going to... Sample jump, everything. Exactly. But for us, you know, when you need to get a video out of it or a couple of videos out of it, it made more sense to just sort of focus on two. So we actually picked two to focus on ourselves, which was the, the 700s. Yes. Um, which actually is three different bikes, but 700. And the 800, which is more like the 790 Adventure. So the, the 700 we looked at was the CLX. It's a bit of like a retro scrambler, but looks kind of modern. Yes. And then also uh, the 800 MT is like their, like you say, a... 790 Adventure. It's got its own visual style very much. but Yeah, quite pretty actually. Yeah, middleweight adventure bike. I mean, like, uh, what I would love to get from you is just a... Like, I think the it, the reason they had so many bikes, sorry, I'm struggling to get my words out there, is that they wanted to, because it was new to them to, yeah. to kind of set up this press event, I think it was more to give an overall impression of what the CF Moto range was like. Sure. And so like, that would be interesting to know. And it was also... What were your expectations, I suppose? That they were going to be a bit cheaper? Fair to Midland. Yeah, exactly. I guess that there was going to be... Uh, they weren't going to be as refined. There was going to be some sort of like rough edges. Um, I think actually having all those bikes, as much as, you know, I say it was, it was a lot, it was too much to fit into two days if you wanted to focus on them. But if you were using them as a benchmark, it was really useful to see their progression. Right. And the improvements, very quick improvements between models and between their company development. So if you went from, um, I think they had a 300 
upwards. I think it was the 300 was the smallest. Yeah. So from the 300 up to the 800, which was their biggest. Um, and that's one of the things that it's, yeah, there's quite a few Chinese brands, but they don't do large capacity bikes. Mm. So this is a bit of a rare breed. And the improvements up to the 700, which is the point at which I would meet the brand mm. and go, yep, I'd buy one of these. And then the 800 even. like, And I know obviously it's a more expensive bike, so you would expect it to um, be better finished. Uh, any brand would do that, right? You've got your flagship bikes, and I guess that's their flagship. Uh, but yeah, the improvement, the step up. Yeah. It was like watching the progression of man. You know, you see like from yeah, yeah. Crawling, <laughs> like crawling on uh, all fours up to sort of standing vertical. They're like maybe a step away from fully vertical human beings. Well, did you now. see Did you see the new Yeah, and, and that's MT. the thing. And that's the, so it was the impressive, it's like watching the development of AI. It was like the speed of it was, was uh, if you were another bike brand, would be concerning, to be honest. Because yeah. from going... Uh, and having you know one two fives up to now an eight hundred, mm. and now they're their next generation. The stuff they were announcing at Eichma, when you you know yeah. obviously watching through your videos, they're uh, yeah, mate, they are a contender now. Genuinely, they're a contender, and it's a band, it's a it's a bike, it's a brand that I would consider. It's yeah. this, this. I mean, we'll get onto our picks for twenty twenty four. You know, at the end, but. Um, and I, I don't think I'd considered this, but actually coming away from Eichmo, it was one of the bikes I was most excited about. It's the 450MT, which basically yep. looks like a baby Tenere. Mm. Um, it's got everything. It, it's what people have been asking for. More affordable, yep. smaller capacity, yep. lighter adventure bikes yes. that you can therefore off-road and not worry too much if they get yes. a bit of damage on them. And there's a few that are like close, but not quite. Like the 390 Adventure. Yeah. You go, yeah, it's great. But it's not good. It's not as good as it should be off-road. Yeah. And you really could have gone hard on that. You could have made this a purpose machine. And I, I think it would have landed better as well if they had. I think there might be something in the works like that. I, I think they probably will. Some spy shots. But or... it takes it takes a brand to do it first. Yeah. And see the reaction and how quick they might sell. And I really do think they'll do well for other brands to go, oh my God, we need to jump on this. And I'm really hoping someone just needs to break cover and do it. Totally. Whether it's, you know, KTM, Husqvarna, whether it's CF this, this Moto. Though. And this that really does look like a good option. Because, yeah, you want it to be cheaper. So, because you're going to drop it. If you're going off-road, you are going to drop it. Mm. You want it to be lighter. You want it to be um, a little bit more manageable, like smaller, easier to flick around. I can't Great see option. all of the things that become, I suppose, like contentious points or like or like d difficult issues in, in the comments of the Adventure Bikes review. Like things like, oh, it doesn't have spoke wheels or it doesn't have the right wheel sizes or it doesn't have even like folding um, foot controls so that yeah. when you drop it, they don't get bent. Yeah. It, it feels like they've just thought of everything. You know, the, yeah. the subframe is bolt on so that mm. if it gets damaged, you can just swap it. A 21 inch front, 18 rear, tubeless, mm. which I think for a lot of people would be preferable. Mm. So you got the right choice of adventure tires, um, good ground clearance. Mm -hmm. It's got a, a baby bash guard there but you can yeah. probably fit more protection tall suspension good suspension from kyb yeah um grippy foot pegs with yep. removable rubbers I, I actually was looking at it and flat foot pegs as well it looks like some yeah sort of cantered forward 
over the bars because that's one of the things with the smaller ones you find that you're leaning over the bars a little bit more mm. and if you look at uh like a proper dirt bike you stand on that thing and you can just stand upright and still touch yeah. the bars so like a, no in your arms. the cb 500x for example if you stand up on it you're like oh it's a road bike riding yeah, position exactly yeah because if you've got any weight on your wrists if you could take your hands off completely and just stand up where you are then that's an adventure bike yeah to me that's, that's a, a proper point. purpose purpose yeah. uh point you know purpose built off-roader so yeah no it looks so good i'm gonna guess the base on that is that the 390 base though is that a ktm engine uh, as far as i know they are still i don't think so it. it's a twin it's a 270 crank oh, twin it? yeah all oh, right but yeah looks very impressive and it looks like cf moto are on the up now one of the bikes i really 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 enjoyed another bunch of reallys there is the kawasaki z900 rs se i think of all the bikes i've had in the studio this year this is the one that i was just like Damn, that looks good. I'd love to yeah. have one of those as well. It, in the sort of yellow, it's called Yellow Ball, the paint job. Yellow Ball? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I say sounds in the video, like it sounds condition. like a, a medical yeah. condition. <laughs> uh, but I think it's meant to be like um, a yellow pool ball sure. color. Like it's that real, like it's not metallic. It's yeah, like let's go with that. It is the right color for it. Um, gold rims, gold suspension. Uh, it's the SE, so it gets the Olin Shark. Mm. Uh, you know, I love the the Z900 RS anyway, but the SE just, in terms of finish and also the quality of the ride, mm. and it gets better brakes and stuff, is just a step up. Still got the choppy throttle. Right. On off the throttle, it's very, and I think you can solve that a little bit with um, a remap or a booster plug or things like that. Mm. I just wish you didn't have to, you know, mm. that would be the one thing. Um, it does would, feel like, why am I doing your work for you? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but definitely stands out as a highlight of the year. And I think between that and the Speed Twin, it, they're the retros that I'd recommend if you want a bit of fun, uh, but right. that have really good kind of old school looks. Uh, and it really just comes down to if you like, which one you prefer out of those yeah. is if you like an inline four or a parallel twin with a bit of a growl to it. Yeah, Agreed. What would you go? What would I go? Oh mate, I think I'm I think I'm settling into twins again. I th I, I do I love a it's been a while since I've had a four cylinder to be honest and when I've owned them I've loved them as well. So mm. maybe it's just that I'm uh, less recency bias. Yeah. Like the, yeah, 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 exactly. The thing that you've most recently, recently. yeah. Um, but I did like the Z900. Mm. You have tried the older one as well. Mm. Uh, what's is that one much different from like the standard version it, like I say it's just a, a, a bump up in terms of chassis spec so okay. you will notice it but I mean okay. a retro is not necessarily about like the base model is definitely good enough okay um, it's just because I like better. the base model I'm just trying to base on my yeah, head it's just, that feels honestly same. the thing that felt bike. really special was that visual lift and and how right. it was like one of those head turner bikes. People, if we was out filming it, people would stop and ask you about it. Cool. Um, and also, just every time I came in, if I had it in the studio for a few days, every time you come in the office, you just like, wow, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like switch the lights on and have a good look at it. So uh, I think it, it definitely does in that regard. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Also, if I was buying one and it's like you know one or two grand more, it's hard to resist the top spec. Sure. Very cool, though. But moving on to another retro and another Tim hey. Solo Expedition. Oh, yeah, that one. Okay, yeah, because we took him out as well from Ducati. No, you went to... Was this Barcelona yeah, or somewhere? No, it, it was wasn't. It was the same actual place as the CF Moto one. Same um, hotel? Not same hotel, but same roads. I love... Duc I, I really do love Ducati. And I love the monsters. And for me, the Scrambler always felt quite 
similar to. I mean, it's yeah. like, it is a similar base anyway, so it should feel similar. Yeah. Um, and this one, obviously, having owned one, I rode it for, I think I had that one for about a year. Previous gen? Yeah, previous gen. It was nice. It felt, obviously, it felt instantly familiar. Mm. It's not, even though it is more refined, uh, and... Uh, They've been over the whole bike. I remember them saying like they'd changed something stupid, like 90% of the bike was new. But obviously it just, they're small refinements, right? It's when they like say that. They changed everything <laughs> and made it the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's completely, completely new. Um, the biggest difference, if you want the really quick summary, the throttle feels better. Right? Okay. The delivery feels better. Interesting. We because talked it's about electronically the, managed now. With the Kawasaki, uh, so that's a cable throttle, I believe, even on the most recent ones. Okay. Whereas with the Scrambler Icon, going from yours, which was cable yeah. throttle. Yeah, and again, a lot of people were like, you can fix it with these like yeah, small yeah. tweaks, right? Put on a. a I don't want to do that. Though. If I'm buying a new bike, I want it to be good. No, make it. Yeah. Why am I doing that? If it exists, fix it yourself. So, but having said that, when I owned it. I didn't feel a massive problem with that. The only time I noticed it was when I was doing, you know, riding through a city or commuting and you're having to stop and start for traffic lights loads. Yeah, you're like, okay, it could do with being a little bit smoother and you haven't to tease the, uh, the clutch a lot more. But when you're on it, right, you went and borrowed it, giggling to yourself in the, through yeah. the GoPro, right, having a blast. Because it just, it's great that it feels on-off because you're like, out of a corner, just mm. fire off. And it's obviously, it's a modest amount of power, so you feel like you can almost full throttle it. You know, there's like a, a, a big uh, group of was well, there's a, a a fairly prominent mentality amongst motorcyclists, certainly in the comments on on YouTube videos as well, of like it was better a few years ago in terms of like maybe ABS is a good thing, but you don't need loads of riding modes, you don't need loads of traction control settings, especially on smaller capacity bikes. Mm. You don't need your phone hooked up to it. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and and I think some of those riders that are in that mindset and i'm not necessarily against that i do believe that there's something very pure about going out on a simple bike and just switching off from anything yes. digital like that is what's really good about it yeah. I, I also love tech so i'm, I'm kind of in the middle but yeah. I, i'm not i'm not maybe um disagreeing with that mm. but part of that i believe i've seen in the comments is that some riders prefer a cable throttle right. to a ride-by-wire throttle, which okay. they say maybe is less haptic, you know, it's less, yes. like, maybe less feedback from I it. agree if it's a bad ride-by-wire. Yes. But if it's been managed really well, because I've tried them, I think probably one of the best examples, maybe the G310 from BMW, mm. where you do it, and there's, like, there is a delay. You can feel a delay from it. I think it was the G310. Mm. <clears throat> And it was really loose as well. That was another thing. Yeah. So Interesting. You don't get the same, you know, the sort of feel. I, it was the first one that came out and they might have improved it since then for me. I remember riding the F800, <clears throat> you know, the BMW F800, yes. but they had like a sports tourer. I okay. can't, is it like ST or something? Mm. And I remember going on a bumpy bit of motorway and just being like, <laughs> on the like throttle. Because I wasn't used to it, and I was like, yeah. "There's so little resistance in the super light, too light." Yeah, I mean, like so you, don't want it to, you don't want it to ruin your grip or anything, but you want some feedback, which is where mm. a cable throttle you do get that. Um, but if it's done really well, then in essence, if you like a simple stripped back feeling bike, but you want a little bit of tech focus, then I think with the Scrambler you can have your cake and eat it. Genuinely, I think that's 
a little of both, you know? And I, that's what I loved about it is it just feels simple and pure and it's, but yeah, just with like that that's such a core part of the riding experience isn't it throttle delivery and yeah. if that's improved that that's also, worth all, that's worth way more than all like phone connectivity and stuff like yeah. that fundamentally yeah. every time you use yeah. the bike you're going to feel that and there was uh, i think it was Dominica on the day was asking me uh like okay so the question is you had one right would you have upgraded yours for this one or if you're buying one now would you buy the new one over the old one and I said yeah without question like because mm. it does feel better and there was people on the day in fact there was someone there that actually owned it at the time had one mm. um, and he was saying no I think they're, they're the same it's Too like there's not much yeah but for me I mean like and again it's different people he's but... not a connoisseur like you clearly <laughs> but yeah let's go with that that's just someone who sees it as two wheels and right. an engine that's but what, how does it make you feel then, yeah. mate? And if you think about that, it's probably worth it. Mm. And I think it looks better as well. I like the fact that you can very easily change the panels, which you couldn't do on the old one. I mean, you could change the panels, but it was it was a lot harder to do. It seemed simple, but it wasn't that simple. So the fact that you can customize that a little bit more is a nice thing. I think it does look better. Um, and I really like that. And as we were saying before about the, if you were on the fence with the monster and you think the monster is a little bit too maybe sharp and unforgiving, if you want the older, older monster feel, then you have this. That that's what that is there to do. And my dad rode mine as well and agreed with me. He's like, "Yep, feels like a monster. Like it's it feels like an older Ducati monster. So really forgiving. If you, it's so unintimidating, you can really chuck it into a corner and have fun." Anything changed in your perspective on this bike, given you've had time for the thoughts to mature? No. Just like as, a good cheese. Yeah, no, this is still a good cheese. <laughs> okay, <All right. laughs> excellent. We then move on to, uh, what month are we in here? April. And this is the Honda CL500 Scrambler launch. So it's like a little Scrambler looking bike that's built on the Rebel 500 platform. We just talked about the Honda CB500X, yes. yeah. same engine as that. So didn't get a massive um, good vibe from the from the vibes, you know, the sound of the engine with the 180 crank. It's just such a big thing for me now. I'm just like... Yeah, it is a real sticking point for you, isn't it? The 180. Uh, yeah, I just... 180 crank. 180. <laughs> it just feels... 270, come on, everyone. Yeah. Do 270s. I don't I understand how difficult that is. Like, wow. is it really difficult to change that? I don't know. Or is it more reliable? Is it like, is it a simpler format? So... I guess this is one for the comments. Like, let's... I don't know what it gives you well, over the other... For, you know, for example. You know, look at all the the new uh, Suzuki 800s, the new Honda 750s, the MT-07, the CP2 power bikes from Yamaha, yeah. all use a 270 crank because it feels nicer. The Bonnevilles, I mean, if we started to list all the parallel twins with 270 cranks like the Africa Twin and you 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 go on for quite some time. Yeah. I maybe get it for these smaller capacity bikes where like there might be something cheaper yeah. or whatever or like they don't really want to invest a lot of time in making substantial changes because like obviously you're yeah. lower value each bike. But one that's always made me quite curious about it is the 650s from Kawasaki. Like they're some of their most popular bikes in terms of volumes, presumably the yeah. Ninja 650, the Z650, yeah. the Versus 650. And to me, the one thing that would improve them massively and make them more comparable with those other parallel twins that we just mentioned is like yeah. a better sound and feel by just putting a 270 crank in it. Yeah. Now, how much of the engine do you have to change? Like, obviously you have to change it. Like the timing is obviously yeah. completely different, mm -hmm. but valves are valves. Mm -hmm. Like pistons are pistons. Mm -hmm. 
cylinder heads are cylinder heads. Yeah. Gearbox. Yeah. Like, can you just stick a different crank in that engine, change the timing? Obviously, it's not going to be simple. If I commit to this answer, I'm going to sound like a moron, mate. Like, <laughs> do you even know what an engine is? I wondered if there was a capacity at which, like, a 180 runs better than a 270 because all the smaller parallel twins tend to be a 180, 650 right. and below. Right. Um, like these 500s and like the, I think the Kawasaki's, like the Z500 and Ninja. Ah, so that's that's probably not a bad point, then, is it? But then Aprilia RS457, that CF Moto 450, I think they're 270s. So, the mystery continues. <laughs> Those are older engine platforms, so maybe that's the that's one of the biggest things, possibly. It's definitely a trend, isn't it? Parallel twins with a 270 yes. crank. They're and cheap if you to look produce, at newer versatile. produced, like brand new models, mm. practically all of them would be a 270 degree crank. So maybe it's just the fact that they're legacy bikes, that they've still, you know, they've still got the engine in production, that it's been around but long enough that they're like, it, why change it? You go down Fowler's where they stock multiple brands, and you've got between seven and eight thousand pounds to spend on a naked bike. Yes. And you ride a an MT07, a Horner, you could get that from there, the Suzuki, and the Z650. Surely that is gonna be one of the factors where you're just like, it feels a bit less spicy and sounds mm. less good. And so, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know why they wouldn't just make that change. It just seems like, yeah, they certainly feel for me, they feel freer revving mm. a little bit. Um, just and sound good. a little lighter to get. Yeah, I mean, the sound is one part of it, but for me, it, if it comes down to sort of the engine performance, if I was to try and guess the the feeling of it, yeah, it's the the pull is a little bit freer revving. This bike, though, really good, CL500. I would mm. say that's one thing I'd love to change, especially because it's a retro scrambler. That would make it feel more, uh, I don't know, in keeping with the sort of aesthetic. People didn't love the looks on this bike. In the comments, people were like, I'm not sure I can... Yeah, it, the, the bike I tested had the white accessory hand guards and high yeah. mudguard. And that's actually period. Like, if you look at the oh, Fant I know. Fantic Caballeros, they yeah, have yeah. that. But there was just something about the particular yeah, implementation yeah, yeah. that people weren't loving. For sure. And there's something, I guess some people will like that. Then they'll like the nostalgia. They'll like the fact that it's authentic to what it should be or what they were. But then also you go, well, it is a new bike. You know, why not take a new stance on it? I think I know why they didn't Make quite it pull it off. Color. Because paint it, just paint it. It was just unfinished plastic. <laughs> why? It does look like that. <laughs> but I think you're right. Like it's a retro throwback nostalgia play. Yeah. And it works on the Fantic Caballeros because the whole rest of the bike is a retro nostalgic yes. like vibe. The CL500, it looks kind of modern as well. Yeah. And also the fuel tank is straight off a Rebel. It's got that slope backwards. That, yeah. Uh, it has kind of like a weird shape. The headlight has got like, it's round, but it's got four LEDs inside, so it looks modern. Right. And so it's kind of part modern, part retro. And maybe it just... It doesn't match it, either. Because it hasn't convinced you it's old school. Because it's not taking a stance. It just looks like they're not painted. Yeah. yeah. It's not taking a stance, yeah. Good summary. Thank you very much. KTM 790 Duke. This is built by CF Moto now out in. Yeah. Loved riding this. I actually thought uh, this was one of the funnest bikes. And I mentioned all of the parallel twin uh, £8,000 options. And I don't know why I always miss this one out because mm. this is amongst them now. It's 
much more affordable than previous, you know, 890 Duke because of the way it's built and also like yeah. a little bit of probably the spec is yeah. built to a price. But it's pretty much the same as the 790 Duke that came before it. Before, the, basically, 790 Duke became the 890 Duke. Yes. They dropped this. Yes. Then they brought it back, yeah. uh, but built out in China by CF Moto. And then I saw the previous gen from a few years ago, 790 Duke at Superbike Factory, where they mm -hmm. had all the used bikes lines up, mm -hmm. lined up. You wouldn't know it side by side. They look exactly the same. There's no cheap budget components on it. So it's really impressive. Super fast, super fun. I think maybe the reason I put it in a different category than those other bikes is because it feels more sporty and serious. And so... Less of a beginner bike. More I would agree of a like, that. Crazy. I would agree with that. Yeah, because I, I did ride the first generation of the first release of that. And um, it was really fun. I compared that to the Street Triple. And I think they play really well together. Equal kind of performance, I suppose. The takeaway for me was that this felt lighter. It felt sharp. I mean, they call it a scalpel mm. for a reason. Yeah. Um, I personally preferred the Street Triple, but then I guess it just suited my riding style a bit more. But I completely see the appeal in this bike. Definitely a great option. Yeah. Loved it. That was April. It feels more recent than that. But anyway. It's a weapon, that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Moving on, we also, this year, this was you and I shot this together. Uh, you came to Bristol. We went to Fowler's. And we. Yeah. I had the Royal Enfield Supermeter 650. And we decided to do a comparison with the Interceptor 650 as to which you might want to buy if you're in the market for a twin Royal Enfield. I should reiterate, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but it's kind of interesting that these videos do so well for us because you would expect that the buying decision is between the Super Meteor and a Rebel 500 or a Kawasaki Vulcan S. But yes. actually, what I find in terms of the numbers, this has got 275,000 views, mm. is that people decide they want an Enfield. Right. And they just don't, don't know, know which they're... one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, if you're going for a new format, if you've only ridden naked bikes, uh, mm and you're then like, well, maybe I want a cruiser, but I'm not sure, then I understand you would want a comparison to see whether or not you get on with a cruiser. You know, if it's a new format for you, or if like, yeah. you know, if it's an adventure bike, for example, and you've not ridden an adventure bike before, you want to know whether you should just go for the regular road bike or whether you should go for the taller the bike. The new so. flavor. Yeah, and it's really fantastic, actually, the Super Meteor. So, like, would recommend. And also, it's, for sure. it's not that cruisery. Like, it's no, mid pegs. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, a very small tweak on the Interceptor. Yeah. Because, uh, obviously, share the same engine, but very slightly different. Uh, actually, are they any different, the engine between them? Uh, no, so the the exhaust is different, so it gives a different sound. Oh, and it okay. might give you, like, it's longer and more cruiser style. Yeah. But, yeah, the riding but position yeah, you, wasn't... Night and day, was Not it? Not hugely. Really? I tell you one of the weird things from this, and I still remember, I don't know whether you checked the fact on it, but whether it had more travel on the meteor, Super Meteor we found. I believe I so, on the, sh on the Which shocks. Which weird as hell. Yeah. <laughs> the cruiser had slightly more travel. It, it, but, yeah, I, th I think it's, um, if you wanted to go for a cruiser, it's a very mild cruiser. It still has the cruiser look. Mm -hmm. It still has a little bit more comfort, I suppose, in terms of like riding position and a bit more leverage at the bars and things. Uh, and I compared these recently, actually. I took um, two of them out from our place as well. And yeah, it's a good option. It's Either not, one's a good option. It's not like, you don't feel like your bum's scraping on the floor, do you? And not at all. It, it's sort of... Um, and your legs aren't like full forward, but equally... And the bars you know? aren't really high or... Yeah. It's sort of like a, a very usable riding position and and it hasn't gone fully for sort of um style over comfort and substance so sure i uh, really enjoyed shooting this one and um both good options but i think that was one that maybe i came away from thinking the super meteor might be the one that tempts me yeah even though normally i would go for the standard yeah, yeah, yeah. retro it's um, a tough one that but i think 
and I think I said this on the day, if I was using it in a town more, then I'd probably go Super, super Meteor between them. Yeah, and also the level of finish and... and yeah, just a, slightly more refined. Yes, like upside down forks with those beautiful yokes and headlight brackets and things like that really does give it a lift. And then soon after that, another highlight of the year in terms of the bikes as well, uh, we were at Ducati again in much better weather than for the Monster SP. This was June. It was a lovely day, actually. And we did a comparison off the back of the Ducati Scrambler launch of like the three bikes in the lineup. So previously, there were so many options. Desert Sled. Yeah. Just the Icon Scrambler yes. 800. Uh, they had a night shift type thing. They had a full throttle. They had a cafe racer at some point. Yeah. Uh, they had the dark edition, which was like of the icon, which was the most affordable because it had black paint and simpler hardware and stuff. Yeah. Uh, they've really slimmed it down. So there's only three bikes. Yeah, massively. So, uh, you got the icon, you got yep. the full throttle, which looks a little more um, flat track inspired with like louder paint. It looks mm. a bit like the Monster SP actually with the Terminioni uh, exhaust and stuff. Mm. And then the night shift, is it still? Yeah. Uh, with the blue paint, brown seat, bit more retro inspired, bar end mirrors, spoked wheels. Mm. And yeah, just back to back rode them all day and then picked the one we liked. And that was very enjoyable. I think they're all nice bikes, but I, yeah. what, what I now feel like, and this has changed with time, is that they're actually all pretty similar. Very. They look different, but yeah. to ride, there's like mild differences in the handlebar position. Handlebars. Seat, maybe. really, yeah, but not hugely significant. Exhaust and sound. Maybe you could feel the difference between the spoke wheels or the um, the cast wheels, but I don't know that it wasn't, you would, really. You weren't getting off one and being like, well, that one handles fantastic, and that yeah, one yeah. doesn't. I preferred the night shift because I like the spoke wheels, and I actually quite like the smaller, as in the more hugged-in position, the kind of sportier position. So of the day, I preferred the night shift. I do think they are missing the desert sled, the off-road. This like is off why I was going to say that my, my opinion on this range of bikes has changed over time because I was fully expecting them to bring in the desert sled, which is the, for anyone who doesn't know the Scrambler 800 lineup too well, it's tall and almost like a dirt bike or adventure bike mm. stands to it. And it has more robust um, components like uh, sump guard and stuff. But I even think they strengthened the frame maybe in some parts as well to make yeah. it. And, and it was like one of the few retro bikes that genuinely looked like it could do some off-roady stuff. And yep. so it gave a little bit of um, variety in the lineup. Yep. And it just looked super cool. Yeah, And then you thought, well, okay, they're going to update the lineup. And then at some point down the line, they'll bring in the variations. That's really common for manufacturers to like launch yes. uh, the, the kind of... Um, the central point of the range, the icon, and then yeah. come with all the updated variants. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't happen. And so like now I'm thinking, well, if that's not going to happen, then you've effectively got a, a range of three bikes that are just styling exercises and, and to ride that actually very similar. And yeah. maybe that's a bit of a shame to have lost that variety. I think so. I think that one in particular, because it really did offer something different and it really wasn't just a reskin. Mm. Um, yeah, it was... Yeah. The a engine was the same, but everything else, pretty practically everything else was kind of... Same ethos, just jacked up and yeah. more rugged. I think it probably comes down to sales. Probably, it must do. Yeah, it yeah. must do. Which, it's all well and good as being like, oh no, you should keep that bike. And I'm sure a lot of people sort of have that opinion. Yeah. But when it comes to put your money where your mouth is, if people aren't buying it, 
I wonder Take if it's actually too tall for a lot of people because they want like a retro. And that leads me nicely onto the next bike, which I, I really enjoyed riding last year, but maybe thought was too tall. And that's the yeah. Norden 901 Expedition. The jacked up one. We rode the Norden together the year before. Yeah. We kind of reviewed it as a two-man setup. Yeah. Uh, and we had a bit of time riding the bike each. Yeah. And both really, really liked it. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Really cool bike. Mm. Great foundations built upon the KTM 890 Adventure, but with a much more tempting styling package for me. Yeah. Good looking bike. Mm -hmm. The Expedition was new for this year. Yeah. You get luggage and then much longer suspension. Uh, in the low set in 875 mil, in the high set in 895. And it's a big bike. Mm. So... And if I remember correctly, quite a wide seat actually on the one, even the one that I tried. Yes. Which so never really made it a little bit difficult to down, reach yeah. down. Um, and not only did I think, well, for someone of my height, like five foot nine, this is pretty tall. Um, but also the length in the suspension um, affected the handling in that, like, I felt like the grav center of gravity of the bike is quite high up. And if you're genuinely going to off-road it, perhaps it's a good choice. Oh, but, for sure. But I think it looks bling. It's got a different paint job. It's got some accessories. Like, my conclusion from that experience of having that for a couple of weeks was if you're looking for an adventure bike that you're going to ride on the road yeah. and i personally have no issue with that like i know people are like what's the point in buying an adventure bike but they're brilliant road bikes because they're comfortable <laughs> versatile yeah. practical fast fast um if you're going to buy a norden and you're honest with yourself that you're not really going to take it off road it's too beautiful to wreck then actually the standard norden even though this is fair, even the standard Norden, you can take it off road and have a good time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This is for this is a very extreme kind of like purpose built tool. Yeah. Maybe a little bit too. And they niche. they launched it in South Africa and they did like these long rally yeah. kind of mm -hmm. routes where uh, it was like gravel roads and, and you're at decent speed, so you need yeah. that clearance and 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 travel so that yeah. you can just like properly motor and soak yeah, it all yeah. up. And I'm like, where do you do that in the UK? We've got sticky, muddy little green sure. lanes. Yeah. There's a few bits maybe in <laughs> Wales. Scotland, I don't believe green lanes exist. It's like illegal. Yeah, there's Really? Yeah. No way. Okay. Maybe Salisbury Plain, where yeah. it's like military training. So there's these long, but you've got Goes to go on a day when they're- fields. You, know, you, know, <laughs> you get a parade coming through. Well, you've got- to, People shooting at you. Yeah, exciting. You've got to research the times <laughs> basically and where you can yeah. go there is based but on maybe you want happening. to go when it's happening. So it's like a Hollywood film, just mm. getting chased by tanks. <laughs> I, I think you're not probably going to get chased by a tank. Probably arrested. Just get bollocked by yeah. someone who's in the yeah. army. <laughs> And you'd be like, I wish I came on a different day. All right, so you're saying I shouldn't go down there. Fair enough. Um, maybe you could do it there, but like, I just don't, for me, I just think the standard no. Norden no. floated it's my the boat. The only thing that made it a shame to choose, would make it a shame to choose the standard Norden is the paint job on the expedition is beautiful. It, it, that is a nice. Really nice blue. Not going to lie, yeah. It's got the sort of topographical contour yes. lines in, mm -hmm. in the graphics and, and really gives it a lift. So enjoyed that. One thing that I also wanted to cover off was having the Goldwing this year for a few months. We we're lucky enough to get one as like a mid-termer, mid to long. Uh, we had the regular DCT without the top box. Again, big hi highlight of the year for me was riding that around and just enjoying having it in the studio. Like mm. I was saying with the Z900 RSSE, yeah. you come in and you're like, wow, what an impressive bike. I think, I think, 
Well, if I didn't see that one, I've seen a Goldwing in the studio before. And yeah, when you walk in under the lights, you're kind of like, yeah, that does look cool. That's yeah, trick, very but. cool. Um, is it one of those bikes as well that gets a lot of questions? Because that is one of the metrics that we go out and like, there's, there's just time. some bikes where you just, you can't really predict it often. No. But you'll just get people being like, oh, nice bike, mate. Or is that, what, what bike is that? Mm. But yeah, the Goldwing seems like that type of bike, right? Definitely, are, yeah. yeah. Are they calling it the wrong name as well? <laughs> Normally that's the thing as well. Call what the wrong name? Just bikes in general. They'll come over and like pretend like they know about it. <laughs> yeah. Just... Oh yeah. Yeah. So I would say the Goldwing of all bikes that I've borrowed and certainly the tour version with the top box looks even bigger and more impressive is one that will attract non-bikers, casuals into mm. a conversation because mm. it's just a, a talking point. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you know, it's not just a novelty like fundamentally that is just such a good bike to ride the, the flat six the smoothness makes it perfect for touring and miles i did one long uh trip that i remember up the motorway and just it has the tour screen on it which is taller and it's electric you put it right up mm. it was above my head pretty much like the top of the screen and you're just cosseted honestly on the motorway yeah. you just don't notice a thing in terms of wind so mm. um absolutely fantastic and every time i borrow one because it's been a, a few times now that i've ridden it yeah just think it's better and better and mm. i'm yet to ride a touring bike you know i've tried this year as well some of the big harleys and big indians mm -hmm. um which do the, a sort of more americanized take on that sort of format yeah really well mm -hmm. But then you jump back on a Goldwing. In fact, one of the videos I've got to edit is um, a Road Glide, which is one of the big Harleys, mm -hmm. versus the Goldwing. Mm. It was so heavy and cumbersome. Mm. Even moving it around yeah. outside Superbike Factory where I shot that, I was scared of like <laughs> even touching the Harley. It was so heavy. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Goldwing feels quite manageable, but yeah. still has every bit as much comfort, if not more. So mm. they've kind of nailed it. Yeah. Right. I'm going to rattle through some of these bikes a little quicker because I want to get to the 2024 bikes. But mm. other highlights of the year included when I did a walk around of the new Speed 400 and Scrambler 400 from Triumph. I yeah. haven't ridden it yet. I'm really trying to get that hold of one. Yeah. The interest in those bikes is massive. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of it coming from India where they're going to be produced and where smaller bikes like that are going to be more popular anyway. But still, yeah. the response to those bikes and the way they've made them look is super exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think at that price point as well, five grand for the road one, five yeah. and a half for the Scrambler. Yeah. Got to be a highlight of the year. I also shot a video that was like MT-07 versus MT-09 versus MT-10, a Yamaha press day. Got mm. to ride all the MT bikes back to back. Mm. One of my favorite days of the year because mm. the MT-07 is brilliant. Mm -hmm. The MT-09 is maybe my favorite naked road bike. MT10 hadn't ridden one before, but I've always loved the sound of the R1 crossplane yeah, inline good. four. Um, came away thinking the MT09 is the sweet spot. The MT10 is overpowered and and, Bonkers, okay. and, and, <laughs> and heavier as well. Like Ooh. it feels bigger and heavier. Lower though. Yeah, but the MT9 just feels- I preferred the MT10. On, on UK roads for me, I was like, this is more I've threadable. Not, okay. I've not ridden the MT, mine are, uh, quite a few generations back, but uh, MT07 I haven't ridden. MT10, uh, sorry, MT09 I have. Didn't particularly like it. Thought the suspension was a little vague for me. Yeah. Uh, the MT10, to be fair, it was the SP, but mm. I preferred the MT10 because it was a little bit lower, uh, less lanky. The suspension mm. obviously felt tighter because it is better it's suspension. quite cushy as well. Um, I thought the MT10 was comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I found it more comfortable, I think. I, I just, I preferred the MT10, but interesting. 
Probably overpowered though. <laughs> yeah, more well, than I need. Maybe once a reshoot with a with both of us, so we can really reach some sort of united conclusion on that one. Mm. Uh, but we did do a back to back test uh, this year. This was another good one. Speed Twin versus Norton Commando. We went to the Norton factory. Yeah, got a tour. We did. Then we got a Commando. Very shiny. I and like I had that. the Speed Twin in the van, rolled it out, yeah. went and rode them. Yeah. Quite a stressful day in terms of shooting. <laughs> yeah. 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 There was so much noise. Just everything kept going wrong. Yeah. It was really windy. Thought we couldn't find a location. Yeah. <laughs> that was a stressful shoot. Like actually filming it was stressful, yeah. but riding the bikes was good. But the, And the tour of the factory looks super impressive. That was, yeah. I loved that. Really mm. big takeaway there. There was some really nice, like, nice little toys they've got in there for right precision engineering i'm sure all of them have it but obviously that's the first one i've seen the, the stories i've heard of the old factory before they've been taken over by tvs as well is yeah. like it was just an office room with some tools in it and just some bikes on stands had a nice vibe as well like people it genuinely felt like a happy environment as well yeah and, and it, it's the money they put into it it is very modern very clean very yeah. like you say lots of impressive equipment yeah and a good vibe around the place yeah, yeah. and so uh, i just thought it was great to see them on the up whatever mm. you think of their past yep. which is horrendous Checkered. <laughs> yeah um i just hope like the bikes are cool and interesting and unusual and yeah uh, they they are unique it, it, like you 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 can't probably say there's another bike like riding the commando on the market no, and then and definitely the sound. Like the sound of it is very unique. Mm. It stands alone in that regard. And from that day, I preferred the handling on the Norton. You it, did. Uh, I preferred the yeah. Speed Twin, didn't I? Gosh, we never really agree on these things. <laughs> uh, next bike up, though, one that we we massively agreed on was the V100 Mandela from Moto Guzzi. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, everything that's good about Moto Guzzi, mm. of which you know we've already said on the podcast many a time that Tim's yeah. a big fan. Owned a few, three, three, yeah. A V9, a V7, and a Grizo. Mm -hmm. And it basically, this uh, takes the essence of those bikes with the V-twin that's mounted across. I always get criticized. If I say it's longitudinal or transverse, mm. someone's not happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but take your pick, whichever. Pick whichever one you I want. I think longitudinal think. is the direction of the, of the crank. Okay. Whereas transverse would be... I say I've taken a between. Hey, yeah, yeah. Gonna... Honestly, mate, they'll come, come for you. Me. They're coming for you in the comments. <laughs> uh, it takes all that stuff and then modernizes it. You know, it's got good tech. It's got it's liquid cooled. It's new engine. Uh, it feels p more powerful, way more powerful than way any motor gutsy yeah. I've ridden yeah. before. Uh, so it's quick. It handles well. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Any different views on that since, or are you still like no? Loved it's, it? yeah. That's still my favorite bike of this year that I've ridden. <sighs> And bear one. in mind, I don't know what, what month we were riding that in, but it was... It was not that good weather. No, it was August. It was kind of cold and greasy. It was a terrible greasy. summer this year. It was rubbish. June, July was really Rubbish. Hot. Yeah. August was cold. It was, but it was also, yeah, it went out and it was greasy. It just wasn't... It's not where, you, again, you want to be pushing the envelope in terms of how you're riding a bike. But um, yeah, I, I want to get that on a dry day. That's, uh, yeah. Yes, we'll have another go on, Sticks with on that, hopefully. And then the last one I just wanted to flag up. I mean, there's stuff we've done since. After this trip, um, I went out to Italy, did a Ducati factory tour. What a dream. That's cool. Yeah, thing to happen. It was, it was more you've because... Done three now or four or what? Oh, you didn't Triumph probably as well. Been to Triumph, been yeah. to... We went to MV Augusta MV, together. That was yeah. awesome. We've, actually, you're, you're around for most of the factory yeah. tours. <laughs> yeah. Norton. Norton. Um, the Ducati one, we went out to ride the new Multistrada V4. 
S Grand Tour. So you get luggage as standard. You get a few extra features. Um, I can't remember what, but it was like the touring windscreen and, you know, all your heated bits and right. uh, as well as a rather nice looking paint job. And it's a road biased, you know, distance focused version of it. But the flight in was um, just the timing of the flights meant that we had a, a bit of time on the, the day before we rode. So they used that to take us to the museum and the factory and then took us for, you know, some pasta as well. Uh, which was excellent. I was going to so, say, to them, it was probably just like a standard, uh, it's just a canteen kind of thing. And you oh, were like, no, they, oh my God. <laughs> well, they took, they took us to a trattoria, which is a more informal kind of restaurant. It's okay. like a uh, family kind of food, you know? Um, and it, I believe was it's... Was there a nonna in the kitchen making out for you? That's yeah. the vibe. <laughs> and... Um, I believe it's where all of the Italian motorcycle magazines used to hang out. And there's loads of pictures of racers on the wall um, in the restaurant with the owner or the chef or whatever, because it's not like a cheesy biker cafe, but I think it's maybe important in terms of the motorcycle industry. It's where after a race had happened, maybe they would go and do the awards there after or okay. a nice dinner and the press would be mingling with the, with the races and stuff. And so it, honestly, it was a great experience. Yeah. Um, and the bike was excellent. And we stopped at another biker cafe where I shot this review, uh, which was more like all logos on the wall and stuff they collected. Uh, but it was just an amazing, amazing trip and a, and a way to, round off the year but also already we've got press bikes lined up for 2024 one bike that i've really wanted to get hold of has been the kawasaki zx4rr yeah you know, the little 400 yeah. inline four yeah the one that i used on the little uh game thing they had set yes really cool revs up to 14 and a half thousand rpm yeah. uh we're not massively big into sports bikes on the channel but no. there's something unless interesting it's a toy one yeah because yeah. again cf moto day they had the 300 there we took that one out it's one of the bikes i actually enjoyed most from the day just because it was so simple and small yeah that you could just abuse the thing. It was yeah. great. Yeah. So that's coming mid-January and it's already in my top three bikes I'm looking forward to riding next year. Uh, like you say, it's not going to be good conditions. It's going to be terrible. And what I just said about the Monster SP, I may yeah. encounter that a lot. Yeah. I have to think about how we get around that. That's true. But still, really looking forward to that. Mm. Number two, mm. Yamaha XSR 900 GP mm. racer, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Racer is when they put the lower fairings on it. It's the clip-on bars, half-fed version of the XR900 that they yeah. revealed at the shows this year. And in the same way that the Z900 RS SE was a spectacular thing to look at, a nice thing to be around for a few weeks, yeah. but also still fun to ride, yeah. I think that's going to tick all those boxes as well. Yeah. And ultimately, I started YouTube because I love retro bikes. Like, that's yeah. what I used to cover all yeah. the time. And that's mm -hmm. what we, you and I used to talk about all the time. Yeah. I broadened it out because it became a living. Yeah. But what gets me really excited is a great looking bike that has some kind of classic lines. I, I, I do love modern bikes and it's not, I'm not saying that that is purely a business pursuit to cover those bikes because yeah. I love everything now. But if I, if I could borrow a certain genre of bike and it, let's say someone's like, you can only cover one genre of bike now. Yes. I'd feel most comfortable talking about retros. That's number two. <laughs> right. Mm. Number three. Oh, I know this is really boring, mm. but the 1300 GS, like I've been trying to get hold of oh, one yeah. as quickly as possible. Well, it's not boring. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a new uh, leap for the... It's for a the huge bike, change, that's it. Yeah, and I just think model. there's loads of things to say about yeah. it. You know, the old one was brilliant. Yeah. 
And in terms of just enjoying riding it, having lots to talk about from a, a, a content perspective, yes, just makes that sound like a great all round couple of weeks for me, as long mm. as I get the weather. Five minutes left on the memory card on the camera, so yeah. rapid fire. <laughs> it's been a out. long one. It's like a New Year's special. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, uh, so so you want my I, list. Want, I want your top three bikes you're looking forward to riding this year. Boom. Let's go out there real quick. Uh, so for me, yes, BMW R12. Yes, sir. That was nearly on mine. New format, right? And it's and seeing it at the show, uh, I was very excited because I like the R9, uh, R9T. Mm-hmm. Um, Bigger engine, fair enough. Didn't feel like it needed more power or whatever, but the fact that it is like uh, a little bit lower, sleeker, yeah. I'm just fascinated to see how that actually responds and how it is usable on the road. I think it's going to be a great bike to ride, but I want it to meet mm-hmm. my expectations. The next one for me is the Royal Enfield Himalayan because I like I like the idea. It's it's new model. It's a it's new ground for Royal Enfield. The fact that it is a liquid cooled. Um, single now and it has I think almost double the power of the previous version Mm. Um, and we took the previous version off road it was great having something that small Um, maybe you know a little bit more power would have been good but ultimately you can still get the RSN to kick out Mm -hmm. so it has enough power to break traction this one's got uh, I think an appropriate amount of power to have a really great time off road with it and great proportions for it and stuff like that so it looks like a, a massive step up in terms Huge. of what it can do yeah but that's a step up from <laughs> what being able to walk jogging it walking speed <laughs> yeah. it wasn't yeah uh, it's, it's fine the old himalayan yeah it does a job exactly budget friendly it's an old workhorse i gotta say I, i'm looking forward to trying this bike as well what i want from it I think ultimately what I want from it, like I said previously, is a KTM 390 Adventure that can actually, that feels more at home off-road than the 390 Adventure. And it looks, That's what I want. I'd say, maybe looks a bit better as well than a, than a 390 I think so. Adventure. Yeah, to my eye. And number three? Number three is, I, I mean, I'd like to put two in there, but I'm going to say Motor Marini in general. Yeah. The Milano will be the one that I'm... And like we said, right, we like the classic silhouette of a bike and that has more of that shape. It's not mm. a Bonneville shape, but it is a more of a classic looking it's bike. It's more like an Italian take on that. And you can see how it's, yes. it's yeah. got some of the design history of Motor yeah. Marini woven in, but quite modern. I mean, to throw time. in a bonus, their adventure one as well, is it the X-Cape? Uh, 1200. 1200, yeah. yeah. That is another Same one. engine. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point. That is the point, is... Um, obviously being Chinese owned now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. So, you know, some of their smaller capacity bikes are pretty modest, right? Whereas the Motor Marini that I had experience, of, I think it was two actually that I tried, um, and it was the Milano, uh, was the old, old 1200 engine, mm. which really didn't feel like anything else I've tried. It was mm. really unique, and I can't wait for you to try that because I want to mm. know what you think of it as well. But... For me, I loved my day on that bike when I took it out um, up near Chester. Crew, I'm guessing some mild 1200 monster vibes from it, perhaps. A bit. And that's the only thing I could compare it to as well, because it's it's a twin. It's a 1200. I was like, okay, so it's a monster. Like There is another equivalent from Italy that I can compare this to. Mm. Um, and I got on it and I was like, you know, impress me. And it did, because it really didn't feel like a monster. And I thought it's going to be... Similar-ish then, but with its own flavor. Yeah, really. Yeah, properly. And I was told that it was like, oh, it feels like a cross between a, a twin and a triple. 
Like it's, it's revier than you'd expect from a twin, blah, 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 all the same sort of stuff you hear from people when they're really trying to sell you on a bike mm -hmm. or, or a platform or format. And I was like, yeah, we'll see. And I got on it, I was like, oh, do you know what? You're bang on, yeah, you're right. It is, it's somewhere between a twin and a triple, yeah. You've bookended the episode quite nicely. I'm conscious we're gonna run out of time on the <laughs> camera, uh, but you know, from 1200 monster references earlier, all the way up hey, to right? yeah well done mate seamless it's that isn't that like good storytelling apparently when you just say the thing you said at the beginning yeah. at the end <laughs> so thank you for that because i wouldn't have got there uh many thanks everyone for listening i hope you have a great new year hopefully this will be out in time <laughs> <laughs> or hope you did have a great new year if yeah. we can't edit this monster long podcast in time um we'll be back soon uh, let us know in the comments what your favorite bikes for the new year are and if there's any you're going to go and demo Otherwise, catch you soon. Yep. Bye-bye.